What does this mm. attachment tell you about your life? <laughs> Look a little deeper, Lenore. Hello and welcome to episode number 46 of RSVP, the podcast about stationery and so much more. I'm your host, Lenore. Feels a little bit weird to be doing this. It's been a while since I've hosted and my co-hosts are less and Dade. Tonight, we're talking about our everyday wallet carry. But first, let's talk about what we're drinking. What's exciting in your worlds? What are we consuming? What are we excited about? Dade. I'm using nothing. Um, this podcast, I'm not writing on anything or with anything because I'm recording in my bedroom. What? Uh, You're not going to take notes? <laughs> no, no. I forgot to order oil, so I have no heat for a day. Um, and I think tonight's low is going to be pretty low around here, but I'll make it. I have a space heater. So I'm recording in my bedroom uh, in my bed. So I don't have the ability. I mean, I do have the ability to write, but it's annoying. So I'm not doing it. Not worth it. Gotcha. No. Um, I'm drinking a baby Coke because they're wonderful. I, I enjoy them, be- number one, because they're less calories, but the soda doesn't ever get flat. Like when I drink a full can of soda, by the time you get to the end, it's kind of gross. This does not. I'm here for that. I don't want a whole that. soda. Right. And what's exciting my world. So I started writing again, you know, in regards to my research. I kind of put it off for a very long time because I've had some issues with being busy, but also issues with even looking at something I did for so long. Like, you know, I spent almost a year and a half writing this thesis and I was kind of over it. So I'm getting back into the swing of things. I've set goals for myself. And so that's been fun. Um, I've also been reading. I know that shouldn't be exciting, but it is for me because I haven't read anything in a very what long time either. What is this word you said, reading? I don't <laughs> understand. I'm trying to move away from being consumed by digital things. So I've been reading books. And I used to try to force myself to read. Like I do like science fiction and fantasy, but I just never could do it. Like recently, like I would pick up a book and just I couldn't get into it. And I was trying to force myself to get into it. And that's not the way to read. So I'm reading about something that I'm genuinely interested in. And it's so much easier. Who would have thought? So I'm reading two books, actually. Um, The first one, Les may know about these, The Gift of Therapy by Irvin Yalom. Um, That is one I have not read of his. I've read his therapy book. Mm -hmm. It's really good. It's written like there's maybe, oh God, like 50 or 60 chapters. It's just little short vignettes about, you know, an experience with a client or like, you know, it talks about anything from like transference um, to his own counter transference, just random experiences with clients. It's actually really, really informative. And then the other book I'm reading is Between Therapist and Client by uh, Michael Kahn. It's a book from the 90s. So it is frustrating because it only touches upon certain things that I'm interested in. Like I think eventually when I get into the field, a lot of my work I want to do will be relational. Um, I'm not going to get into that. This isn't a psychology podcast, but um, so in this book, it talks about, you know, the relationship between therapist and client and in relational psychotherapy, that is the therapy, the relationship. So this talks about it, but it doesn't really get, deep into what's currently happening in the field but it's just an interesting history about um 
psychodynamic therapy and just that whole idea of unconditional positive self or positive regard. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it totally yet. I'm only a couple chapters in, but that is what I've been doing. What about you, Lenore? I, because I'm actually, we're recording in the evening and I'm at home. I am drinking a Great Lakes Brewing Company, Elliot Ness Amber Lager, which is one of my favorites, actually. Cleveland, Ohio. And it's just, you know, it's super tasty. It's really nice and smooth. And um, I haven't been drinking a lot of beer because it's been cold, but it seemed like the appropriate choice tonight. It is cold. And by the time we are putting this, by the time this uh, episode goes live, I think the weather's going to have gotten kind of humane again, but we're having this huge cold snap all over the Midwest. And uh, they've already called off Spawn School for tomorrow. And um, it's cold in our house. And <laughs> so, like, everything's kind of not great right now. I am writing with a Blackwing 211. Yes, I am. I'm using Good for it. you. Yeah. I'm writing in a sustainable earth spiral bound notebook because I was working from home today and I was going to go into the office and I just never did it because it was so cold and I didn't want to go get in my car and then walk from my car into work when I got there. So I didn't get my regular notebook. I just did everything I needed to do from home. So I'm in this whatever I could find kind of situation. And uh, for listening, I've been continuing my 1857 binge, <laughs> the lesson I talked about last week. Ah. Um, I've been working kind of backward through those. You know, they, they have so many episodes. They come out really often, it seems like. And uh, I kind of got started late. So I just went with the more recent stuff. And then I just added a whole bunch of stuff kind of working backward. So like I'm hearing about their moves in reverse and the dog woes in reverse and all of this stuff. So that's kind of interesting. And uh, I got on this huge like TV kick for a little while. I watched over the break. I watched all of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is excellent. And then I watched, I got started on Call the Midwife and I'll, like all I wanted to do was watch called midwife. Like I didn't want to turn it off <laughs> to do anything else. And, uh, you know, just so good. I was really late to this show. I know it's been out for a while, but it was, it's just so good. And it was kind of interesting to be watching that back to back with Mrs. Maisel because they're happening around the same time in history, you know, like they're the same sort of period show. But they're so, so different. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. And um, so I'm almost done with Call the Midwife. And I'm going to be really, really bummed when I hit that last episode. And there's no more of that. So, so that's what I've been consuming. How about you, Les? I am sipping a mango seltzer. And it's not the real mango seltzer, like Polar. It is Stop and Shop brand because the, it was on sale for 50 cents a bottle. Ah. <laughs> So I'm is hoping it, that is it palatable? It's okay. I mean, I I think it's probably made for them bipolar because it's got the same shape bottle, looks oh. has the same l typical polar labelish look. So it's it's probably made for them bipolar. But uh, yeah, it's palatable. I mean, it tastes mangoey. I actually really like the coconut flavored seltzer, which Christy says uh, tastes like suntan lotion smells. Um, so that's what I'm drinking 
and I've been watching, um, I got queer baited into watching Siren. So have either of you heard of this show? I don't know this one. Okay. It's a free form show. And the idea behind it is that mermaids are real, but they're evil predators that, um, will kill people. So, okay. Can I just say, this is what I always thought would be the truth of mermaids. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I love the idea of not happy mermaids, but like mermaids that kill. Um, so it's a little, it's got this horror edge, but supposedly in season two, there's some sort of gay thing in it. I don't know what the gay thing is. I just saw it on Twitter. So I was like, well, I guess I'll watch that. So, um, I'm watching Siren because it's got clear themes. Although I'm three episodes in and, as far as I can tell, there's nothing gay about it. But there is a, a lot of uh, murdering of people and blood and some gore. So I'm I'm in for that. I like a little bit of horror every now and then as a relaxation exercise. And I just got in. I'm So I'm doing my um, reviews on cheap fountain pens. And I ordered a Wingsung 618, which I thought was another Parker 51 or Parker 21 knockoff. And it's not. <laughs> it's not quite. It's got, it looks a lot like a Twisby. And it's got a weird fill mechanism that has a locking blind cap, which I kind of like, but I didn't know what it was when I first, when it, I first opened it. And, uh, I kind of screwed up the mechanism. And then I had to spend 15 minutes while I sucked down a pizza trying to, uh, fix the, the piston filler. But now that I've fixed it, it right, I filled it up with, um, tarnished nickel ink. I can't remember the brand name. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's, that it's a, sounds like something I would love. It's a, it is, it's a, it's a color of a tarnished nickel. It's kind of nice. It's like a gray with a little hint of blue. It's not quite cool. blue black, but it's not. Have you posted it yet? No. This review no pictures. Won't go okay, for I'll like watch a, for it for like a month or so. Because uh, I can oh, use okay. it at work, but the ink. Um, I think it's a limited edition. I'll send. I'll put the information like about it. I can tell you. Tarnished nickel by Birmingham Pen Company. Live radio, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. I just grabbed it right <laughs> off the shelf. Um, so I'll put a. I'll see if it's still available. It might have been a limited edition ink, uh, but it's one I think I might actually order a full bottle of. One of the things that um, I've realized in my fountain pen reviewing that I've been doing is that the even though I'm only supposed to use blue or black ink or blue black ink at my job the color of the ink that I use doesn't really matter much because mostly I'm writing in my planner and while I think my planner and uh, notes for supervision and meetings can be subpoenaed uh, it doesn't matter if I use black or blue ink in it, because it's my own personal record, if that makes sense. Whereas mm -hmm. for company documents, everything has to be in blue, black, or blue, black, some professional colors. So if I, if I write in hot pink or neon blue ink, it doesn't really matter as much. So anyway, so I've been going through a lot of ink and I've been testing pens at the day job and I'm looking forward to testing out this pen and ink combination. And I haven't, I still haven't been reading. And I'm, I set my Goodreads challenge to 150 books because I was just under 300 for last year. Oh, wow. 
And I was like, well, if I, if I, you know, I kept adjusting it throughout the year because I was like, at first I was like, I only want to read 50 books. And then I got reading and then I was reading and reading and reading and not watching much TV. And it ended up being like 280 something or something like that. I'd have to look it up. But so I set it for 150 and I'm seven books behind. And that's it's not good. really hard to predict. It is because like last year at this time, first off, I I was flat on my back and I would had bronchitis. So I was home for a week and I, all I did was oh, read. And then I didn't have any energy for anything for about three weeks after that. So I was reading that entire time. And so I was probably like at 50 books by the end of February. But then this year, because I've got the new job and I'm doing so much reading and data entry at the new job that it is just like, I, I just, I don't know. The last thing I want to do is come home and stare at my Kindle or open a book. And that's, that's really the problem for me with trying to make any kind of a prediction is like, I don't know. First of all, not all books take the same amount of time to read. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and second, if I'm doing a ton of reading, you know, like you say, if I'm doing a ton of reading for work, I don't end up doing a lot of reading at home because I'm kind of just like, I'm kind of tired and exhausted from that. It's a lot. Yeah. I have a limit on how much I can read in a given day. All I really want to do after I've been staring at a screen and, and reading on a screen at work all day is kind of stare at the TV and drool myself to sleep, you know? Yes. <laughs> Vaporize my mind for a couple of hours before bedtime. Right. You know, I can relate. Like, I haven't been working at the college because yesterday was the first day of the semester. But when I'm back in full swing there, I think my reading ability will go down again because I read papers all day. And yeah. it's like, like you, Les, I just get home and I want to dissociate into some trashy TV and fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like shutting off my brain for an hour or two so that I can't fall asleep. And because th so many things have changed about my commute. First off, like, you know, two months ago, I was commuting 45 minutes to an hour. And in that yeah. time, I was listening to podcasts and I was relaxing. And now my commute is, you know, I'm, I'm going four miles, but I'm doing it by bus. So it takes about 15 minutes, but it's only 15 minutes you know? Yeah. So yeah do you find difference. the kind of work that you do having that buffer after work of the commute home, even though a 45 minute commute sucks, it probably gave you that space to decompress. So when you got home, you were a little bit more, I guess, able to engage in certain activities. Yes and no. So my last job was much more intense. I was at a higher level of care than I am now. So mm -hmm. The people that I was working with were fresh out of the hospital usually or trying mm -hmm. to avoid hospitalization. They didn't want to go inpatient. Mm. So it was much more intense. And then often, like, I was also doing individual therapy on an outpatient basis. So I was working 32 hours at the partial hospital program and then doing another eight or 10 hours, depending on the week, um, outpatient, depending on where my clients were, somewhat like I, I – could have been, you know, dealing with suicidality or mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of different things could be coming right. up um, at both positions. So there were often times where I would come home and, you know, it I was reading to decompress on top right. of the 45 minute commute. Now yeah. I'm working at a lower level of care. 
it's still intensive outpatient, but I'm not dealing with the same issues as mm-hmm. I am. And I'm also um, right now focused on like a substance abuse and um, addiction mm-hmm. program, as well as doing mindfulness. Like today I did two groups on mindfulness. So, you know, like even though I'm leading the group on like, here's a breathing exercise, it's still right. relaxing to me to practice uh, right. mindfulness, even though I'm I'm not fully doing mindfulness techniques, I'm still making sure that the group is safe and comfortable. Um, mm-hmm. So, but anyway, yeah, like, yes, the, the commute helped because I was decompressing via listening to engaging podcasts like ours. Um, <laughs> but also, like, there were times when I definitely needed more time to decompress just because of the intensity of the work. But yeah. now I'm not having that same intensity, at least not yet. Could happen. So a yes, no answer to your question, Dade. Okay. As That's- any good answer to any question worth asking is likely to be. Mm. Right. All right. Well, are we ready to get into our main topic then? Totally ready. Absolutely. Okay. I'm going to confess that I have an ulterior motive in this. And to fully explain why this is our topic, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go first, if that's all right yeah. with y'all. You're the boss, applesauce. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> first among equals for tonight. <laughs> so um, I actually have, I carry three wallets. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Okay. So no, but there's a reason. There's, there's reasons for this. Okay, so here's why. First of all, spouse and I have separate accounts because we were grown-ups when we got married, but we also have a joint house account that we just both put money into every month. And so, you know, so I have my own money. I don't have to account for where it goes. I don't have to have discussions about it. He doesn't have to have discussions about his money. But we do have the house account that we use for all of the household bills. We use it for groceries. We use it for anything having to do with spawn. You know, if we decide to get takeout because we don't want to cook, it comes out of the house account. You know, we don't have to be like, yeah, I got this one. You got that one. And so it's kind of nice. It actually, you know, and it works out very, very well for us. And I, I will say I'm a huge advocate of the idea that grownups need to have their own money somehow. You know, that you need to have, like, if all you have with your spouse is a joint account and you always have to, like, account to each other for what you've spent money on, that can be problematic, right? So, and I'm not saying that people should have separate accounts necessarily, and I'm not saying that people should, like, have an allowance or whatever, but I do think that adults should have a right to a certain amount of money that is theirs to spend without anybody being able to tell them they're spending it wrong, or look at them sideways when they do it. So that's just, that's what I think. Having been married before <laughs> and having been on both sides of the, the question. So anyway, I have one wallet that has cash and the debit card for the house account. And then I keep a separate wallet that has my cash, you know, and my like insurance card and my FedEx little card that has money on it to put in the machine at the FedEx Kinko's and what have I got in here? An orange leaf gift card that my daughter that we haven't burned yet. (laughs) And, you know, a coffee punch card and stuff like that. And then I also have a, one of the Baron Fig little bitty 
the card sleeve, the Baron Fig card sleeve. Do you yeah. guys have this one? I don't. I think Wes does. I, I do. That's what I use as my main wallet. Yeah, it, so it doesn't have enough room for cash in it for me. Yeah, I rarely carry cash. I, if I do carry cash, it's a 20 to put money on my Charlie card. Yeah, I'm a cash user. I, I use cash for most things. I like it better. You know, it's kind of like the old uh, envelope system for not spending too much. You know, it's like it's an, it makes it an easy way for me to budget. Yeah, I just, um, so in terms of taking the bus and walking around less, well, I don't want to say less safe, but um, taking the bus, I don't want to carry a lot of cash. Well, I mean, I guess that depends on what you consider a lot of cash, right? So the amount of cash that I carry is rarely large amounts that it would be a disaster if I lost. And it would be a much bigger disaster to lose my credit cards, you know, have my credit cards and ID stolen, because mm -hmm. then you're looking at a lot of time and money in replacing that stuff. Right. You know, and I, again, whatever works for whoever, right. But the other thing I really like about cash is nobody's tracking it, right. Nobody knows <laughs> what I've bought. <laughs> so in this doing? kind of, well, I, you know, it's not even that, like it's, I'm, you know, what? I spend half my money on, what's the joke? I spend half my money on beer and porn and the rest of it I waste. I think that's the old joke. <laughs> so, but no, but, um, you know, it's, we just, we live in this era of big data, right? And so tracking consumer spending habits is a huge, huge part of that. And so, you know, it's just my little bitty rebellion, I guess, mm. is to use cash for a lot of my day-to-day -day small purchases, you know, and I like to tip in cash because of the stories that have come out about restaurants not giving their servers the full amount of tips that people have left on credit cards and stuff like that. And I just think it's bogus. So I do carry cash and I use it daily for, you know, basically any purchase under $20 I'm going to make in cash. So I've got the Baron Fig card wallet that I carry my ID, Spawn's ID, what have I got in here? I've got my American Airlines card and Spawn's. I've got insurance card, a credit card, Spawn's library card, my faculty ID for the university, and, oh, another credit card, <laughs> and another insurance card, and a AAA card. So, like, I've got a whole bunch of cards in there that are not just mine but also hers. And so I've been carrying that for a while, but it doesn't have room for cash in it with all of those cards. And the wallet that I use for my own money is a like, it's like this black nylon, big skinny wallet that I picked up at Staples on clearance probably 10 years ago. And I kind of hate it, but it's like, it doesn't die. So I need to just quit using it because I I'm using one of the ones that you made less for the house money. I made it using one of your coffee bag wallets Yeah, for the house wallet. And I love it. It's got packing tape all over it. Cause I've been carrying it for three <laughs> years. It started to split and I put packing tape on it, but it works great. And it's really thin and it feels good to me that like, I'm not, I'm just, di I'm delaying something going into the landfill. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I love that. And, uh, you know, the previous paper one that I had from you, it, I, you know, finally just fell apart and I couldn't justify fixing it with packing tape anymore. <laughs> so what I need to do is just get rid of this big skinny thing, which is, you know, what the reason I bought it when I bought it is because it's thin enough to slide into my back pocket and not be ridiculous. 
I don't like it because it's plastic. You know, it's this nylon kind of hear that fabric. Yeah. So I need to just bite the bullet and just throw it away. I need to just switch into uh, one of the other paper wallets I have in my drawer that you made and, um, and just give it up and throw it away. But I haven't done it because it still works. And I hate to throw things away when they still work. So I kind of want to hear about other people's kind of everyday carry in this because I feel like I can't really not carry this plethora of cards that are in my wallet. I mean, like I could give, I could give up the American airlines cards, but those are the only skinny thing in there. They're hardly taking up any space. And then I'd have to remember to find them every time I'm, (laughs) every time I'm making airline (laughs) reservations, you know, like, so, and everything else I just really do kind of need to have in my wallet. And I'm carrying double because I have all spawn stuff in there too. So it just seems like a lot. So why don't I start with my wallet philosophy? I would love so, to hear your wallet philosophy. Okay, so my wallet philosophy, because I used to carry a giant men's wallet in my back pocket, and it, I, it was Georging, you know, from Seinfeld, the giant, like, wallet that was just, like, ready to explode. And I got to this point where, you know, I was carrying around all these, like, cards and receipts and cash and all this other crap. And I realized I didn't need all of that all of the time. So my philosophy became, let's pare this down to the ultimate minimum of what I need to have in my pocket all the time. What am I going to use every single day? And if I'm not going to use it every single day, or if it's going to be in an emergency situation, if I'm not going to use it every single day, then it's, it used to just, I had a like rubber band and I just kept it on my desk. All the other like extraneous credit cards and crap that I wasn't going to use regularly. It was just rubber banded together and sat in a little, like I have a bowl on my desk, um, in amongst all of the other crap on my desk that it lived. And so everything else lived there. And so what I decided was, cause Christy and I do, we both have separate accounts and then we also have a joint account for the, everything involved with the house. So we do the dual account thing too. So I have my Charlie card that goes into an outside pocket on my Baron Fig card sleeve. And that's in the outside pocket so that when I get on the bus, I can just take my whole wallet out and tap it and it gets scanned. Then the other outside pocket has my PayPal card. And then my simple single account card. So my, we use simple as a banking system. So those two cards go on the outside because I'm going to use those most often. If I stop and pick up a cup of coffee after work or if I miss my bus and I need to, you know, sit somewhere warm and eat, I will go to a cafe and I'll use one of my personal account cards. And then inside the Baron Fig card sleeve, I have a $20 bill that I use to uh, re-up my, my Charlie card, although I can do that by credit card now, but it's a pain in the butt. It's easier to just use cash. And my Benny card, my flex spending account card. I have our joint account card in case I have to stop and buy something on the way home. And then my health insurance card, my driver's license, and my zip car card. Um, which I, I'm realizing I may not actually need, but I will probably throw into my backpack because I can actually use my phone to unlock my zip cars when I get them. So that's what goes into my pocket every day. If I have something like my other insurance card, like my, my vision, 
my card for CVS to pick up my prescriptions. I'll rubber band those together and I'll throw them in my backpack. I'll, sometimes I put them into a Ziploc baggie and have them in there. But mostly it, they're just rubber banded together and sitting on my desk. My mom's a big fan of the rubber band method, by the way. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, the rubber band and Ziploc method. She just, you know, goes nuts hmm. with that. So for a while, what I was doing before I started making the coffee bag wallets, I was using a um, rubber band like the um, Field Notes band of rubber and just wrapping it around, you know, my cards and the cash I would fold into threes. And that was my wallet. But I don't like the smell of rubber bands. And I can't slide something with a rubber band on it in and out of my back pocket. And the lady jeans don't have a big enough pocket in the front to do yeah. that. So and I also wear men's jeans and wear men's Yeah, chinos. we've talked about this yeah. before. Yeah, it makes a big difference. So that I can carry my cards in my front pocket. So that I keep that Baron Fig wallet in my front pocket because it's pretty small and it does fit. Even I have some um, chinos from... Um, Old Navy that the front pocket is a little snug and not quite big enough for my liking because I'd like to be able to carry my wallet, my uh, timber twist and assorted other things in that pocket as well. And I can't always with certain Old Navy chinos. But yeah, so my philosophy is pare down what goes into the wallet to the absolute minimum. That's the only thing that I carry. Everything else just sits on my desk until I need it. Yeah, I'm liking that. And I think when I switch, when I get rid of this nylon thing, I need to just kind of reevaluate because I was trying to do that when I got the card sleeve. Like I thought that was going to be my switch and it just doesn't quite work for that. So I think I'm, I'm liking your system here. How about you, Dade? Well, for me, I'm a little bit like less, not at all like you, Bonor. Um, well, I will just point out that I also, like I used to have for most of my adult life, a skinny kind of minimal wallet that would go mm-hmm. in my back pocket. And if it didn't go in my pockets, it didn't go. But now I have this like giant mom bag that I carry around all the time. And I'm, I'm really resistant to the word purse. I hate the word purse, but I will say I do really like this beautiful Italian leather shoulder bag that I bought (laughs) that I do not call my purse. I call it my red bag that I bought when I went to Rome with my family last year. And, you know, like it's, it's nice to carry, but now I've got a phone and a set of sunglasses and a notebook. And, you know, like once you're carrying those things all the time, I mean, just the phone and the prescription sunglasses case is like enough that I can no longer get away without carrying a bag. So, you know, right. that was a change in my life. So uh, sorry for interrupting, but carry on. No, no, no. No, and our circumstances are totally different. I don't have a child. So that narrows a lot that I would carry or, down. Or prescription sunglasses, apparently. No, I just have regular glasses that if I didn't have them, I would be Mr. Magoo. Um, so... I, my wallet, let's start with my wallet. So what holds all of this? Um, I use a Galen leather wallet. It was sent to me for review a while back. It's called their number 48. It's in rustic brown. And I absolutely love it. My only complaint is that it's a little snug, um, like where you'd put your cards. 
I don't know, like snug in the sense it it's just wide enough to fit a card, not snug like it needs to get broken in. Like it'll never not be snug, but it fits the cards that I need. I never carry cash ever. If I do, it's because I took money out of the ATM to do something specific. Oh, this thing um, is beautiful. Yeah. What no, color I, do you have? The rustic brown. Yeah, I'm looking at the red one here, and it's kind of gorgeous. It, it's really nice. Their stuff is really nice. I know Les has some other stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really enjoy the Galen leather products. They re- use a really nice, thick, heavy leather that feels And their sti- the stitching is great, too. Yeah, it's really well done. The problem is it comes from Turkey, and so it took me like a month to get it. Mine didn't take that long. It was FedExed, so... You know, my stuff yeah. didn't take it quite that long. So anyhow, so I have that wallet um, and it's perfect for me because in the po- part where I'd keep money is where I put like receipts. Because now that I use a budget tracking thing, I, I do save receipts. So that's where receipts go. As far as what I carry, it's pretty simple. My driver's license, because we all need that. My debit card, my health insurance card and my dental insurance card. This is so bad to do, but I do it anyway. My social security card. Um, oh no no <laughs> i know that. well you know what it it i had to i had to have it for um when i got hired at the high school i needed to bring it with me so i put it in my wallet and it's just been living there ever since so, okay you are in your house right now <laughs> take it out just take it out just do it just take it out save yourself heartache well, cause it's so flimsy too. So like yeah, it might as well fall just, apart. Right. So, and because the, the card, the slots for the cards are so perfect fit, it's hard to get the thing in there. So I'll that's decide. because they don't want you to carry it around. They're giving right. you every excuse right. not to carry this thing. So, yeah. So I will take my social security card out of my wallet, but it's been in my wallet for a couple of months now. Um, I'm proud of you. <laughs> I have an employee discount card for my one job that I have, my retail job. Because they give you like a little credit cardy thing. So it's so much easier than having to give someone your employee number. I have a gift card to my favorite Italian restaurant. And in one of the slots, this is like a more personal thing. I don't mind sharing it, but I have my therapist's business card. And then behind that is a post-it note um, folded up that she wrote some things on it personal to me. So I carry that in my wallet as well. But that's it. Like I don't have separate money from Gina. She has a simple account that funnels $50 a paycheck of her paycheck to that account. But since we've started doing the whole you need a budget thing, she doesn't really use simple because we're just very transparent now about our budgeting. So $100 for each of us goes into spend money every month. $100 for coffee goes for each of us every month. You know what I mean? And so we don't have to ask questions for that $100. So I guess it's kind of like separate money, but not. It comes out of the same account, but like... She doesn't have to explain to me that she spent $100 on a pair of shoes. Just like I don't have to explain to her that I spent $100 on pencils or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's more about, I think it's as much about the mindset right. as it's about the privacy. You know, yes. if, it's, if it's the mindset that that is your money, damn it. And nobody yeah. else has a right to tell you how to spend it. And, <laughs> right. like, and both parties are on board with that. I'm down with that. I don't, I don't think that... People have to have separate accounts. Right. I just think they have to have their own money. Well, before we did budgeting, separate accounts probably would have been a good thing. Um, but but now that we're on, you know, using you need a budget, it's really, really helped us kind of correction. It helped me become aware of where I was overspending. Mm. So 
I'm very minimalistic with what I carry with me only because I hate having stuff with me all the time. I know that sounds weird, but like, like if I go to the, like today I was at my favorite coffee place doing some work and I brought like the bare minimum where I have a friend who I met and she carries a messenger bag with everything that she could possibly need just in case she's in the mood to do this or that. So I kind of go the route of minimalist when it comes to a wallet as well. These are good. This is this is really good feedback for me, and I appreciate y'all be willing to, uh, you know, participate in the discussion and let me pick your brains about this. Oh, and then it's really helpful. One thing I wanted to add, if um, with the Galen leather before that, I used the Baron Fig, not the little card holder, but that bigger notebook holder slash wallety thing. Yeah, a bunch of the people Guardian. were using that for a while, and I would yeah. not have. That would, I don't think that really would have served my needs. Like I was looking at it right. and I was like, hmm, could I make that work? And then I just was like, no. My issue was, and I don't have this issue anymore because I actually found pants that are really good, um, that have good back pockets. But as someone who wears male pants, when I would use the restroom, my wallet would fall out of my back pocket and sometimes into questionable stuff. Yeah, that's so, definitely undesirable. And having to make that switch, like, okay, got to take my wallet out of my back pocket and put it in my front pocket, which is kind of annoying. So the Baron Fig thing didn't work at all for that. But this Galen leather wallet, it's small enough to where it does not fall out of my back pocket ever. Like, it really sits down in there. It has that, like, small footprint. Because I've, uh, I've right. had men's wallets that are gigantic, you know, they're still a small little square, but it's just they're not conducive to a back pocket. So, yeah. So I just wanted to mention that, that if you're interested in the Galen leather wallet, it's definitely worth it. Well, you know, I mean, it's it's really gorgeous, but it looks like how thick is it? Not thick at all. Like I'm looking it's on my dresser and I'm in the bed. I'm not getting up. Um, you don't have to get out of bed for me. Okay. <laughs> um, it's very thin. So closed with all of my stuff in it, which is not a lot, but. I would guess that it's a quarter of an inch thick. Okay. So it's, um, so the leather isn't real thick on it. It's not thin, but it's not too thick. Okay. If that, um, it's in the middle of the road and like, it's very, when you first get it, it needs a lot of breaking. Mine's still breaking in and it's been like over six months. Oh yeah. Okay. So if you don't sit on your wallet, like I do, it's going to take a while. Right. Like when I first got it, it would just flop open. Oh, you know, or like it wouldn't shut, yeah. you know, that's just something to consider. Um, but okay. you can, you can break a leather wallet in, you know, in other ways, I guess. What I used to really like when I was carrying everything in my pockets was I would have my cash in my front pocket and my chapstick and my pocket knife, just all mm -hmm. in my front pockets. And then I had just a single little card sleeve that had my ID and my credit card and my debit card and, mm -hmm. you know, one or two other things in it. And that was like my minimal carry. Yeah. And I don't think I can go back to that, but, um, but I do think, you know, listening to you and kind of picturing this in my head, I think I can go down to two paper wallets and just have like, have the things that I need there. So I think I can make it happen. You carry your wallet in a bag. Yes, now I do. I carry my three wallets in the zipper section of my shoulder bag. Now, I was gonna say, what about getting like a, a longer rectangular wallet? Like I'm actually, I'm just staring at the Galen leather. A lady website. wallet? 
Yeah, I hate that they call it the women wallet. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but um, No, I, I mean, I don't because, and here's why, because when I, you know, just run out of my office to run over to the sandwich shop or something, yeah. I can grab the one wallet and stick right. it in my pocket mm-hmm. like right. I used to and not carry my bag. Right. So I still want to have the small thing. I like having the small thing and I like, I can put it in my coat pocket. I can put it in my pants pocket and just take that when I'm running in somewhere. And part of the reason I actually carry the large bag is that if I'm out running errands, you know, this bag is big enough that I can throw a bottle of wine in it. And, you know, like the, the top of the bottle will be sticking out the side (laughs) top of my shoulder bag, but that's okay. Like I don't have to take a shopping bag. If I just pick up a couple things, I can kind of put them in here. Mm-hmm. And about, so that works for me. What about paring something down to an absolute minimum carry, like th- using the card sleeve, but then adding to it something like a quarter leather long wallet. So there's a company in Massachusetts called Quarter Leather Spell, Goods, please. C-O-R-T-E-R. I follow them on Instagram. I actually, before I started using the Baron Fig card sleeve, I used one of their card sleeves, which folds up. Um, so it had two pockets that allowed for just, you know, an assortment of ID, of ID and credit cards and whatnot to go into. But then it's, it folded in half. It wasn't just like a sleeve. But they also make a long wallet that holds an assortment of cards plus cash, plus whatever else you want to, you know, add to it. And they make, like, their leather is top shelf, amazing stuff. So you could add to the mix, like, instead of, like, having two separate things, you could combine the majority of your stuff that you're not going to use, like, when you run to the cafe to buy a sandwich into one wallet and then just have, like, the stuff that you would, you know, run to the cafe to pay with and another slim little card sleeve that you could grab. Yeah, and I think that's what I'm kind of leaning toward now. And that's what I was sort of envisioning when I ordered the Baron Fig card sleeve. Mm. So I just need to, like, I need to find a better fit for that and rearrange. But that is kind of what I want to do. Like, I want to be able to put just the minimum stuff in my pocket, like I used to Mm -hmm. (laughs) in my old life. (laughs) <laughs> so, you know what I used to, well, like when I first moved out of my parents' house, my university, so I went to UMaine at Orno, and they used to sell these keychains that had a pocket in the middle. They had leather and they had, you know, nylon and they had all the different things that wallets could be made out of, but it was a, it was about the size of the Baron Fig card sleeve, maybe a little bigger because I was able to fold cash in half and it would fit in the inside pocket. So the idea was it it had this inside pocket with a zipper that you could put cash, change, and whatever in. And then on the outside, it had a spot for your ID that had a clear, like, sleeve thing. And then there was, I think mine had another pocket with the Humane logo on it. But um, I wonder if your, like, university bookstore sells something like that or if there's something Yeah, but it would be that. bright red and it would have an angry cardinal with teeth on it. So <laughs> Well, like you not all of you mains had that. They just had like the logo. Like we had like a fancy, you know, you main logo that went on the outside of things that wasn't just the giant M with an angry bear. Right. So the, you had the st- the little card sleeves that had the angry bear, but then they had the ones that, you know, looked a little more professional and the one that I had that was leather wasn't in school 
school colors. It was like brown. And then when I lost that in a um, drunken state, um, <laughs> I and I actually uh, actually hilarious. I'm sorry, I, that's not funny. It was it. It actually is. It's hilarious. <laughs> I found it when we moved out of the apartment. It had apparently I had passed out in my bed and the wallet had fallen out of my pocket and fallen between the bed and the wall and it was lodged it was because i had one of those like chintzy dorm beds type things that was you could fold up the frame and throw it in a car and move really easily um it was caught between the bed frame and the um box spring and it had lodged there for six months i'd gone out i would bought a new wallet uh i'd gotten a new credit card i'd gotten a new license oh i'd gotten and it still had 60 dollars in cash in it i thought that one of my friends had stolen it <laughs> and um <laughs> yeah, it was 60 dollars at that point in my life you know it was 21 60 dollars was a lot of money back in 1989 yeah. oh my gosh uh, oh, yeah. 19, it was close to rent I, well, not 1998. That was not quite oh, rent okay. for us. Sorry, I transposed numbers. 1990, yeah, 1998. God, I'm old. 1989 in Boone. That was getting close to your share of the rent. Well, double. Well, for a month, it was probably double that. Triple, triple. Yeah, it not it not in Orono. Orono had huge rent hikes. But anyway, that's beside the Still, point. Still, real but, money. It was real money. Anyway, I lost my wallet because I was drunk and stupid and very young. <laughs> Thankfully, I'm not young anymore, and I'm hopefully not that stupid and certainly never that drunk anymore. You know what? So I actually have a story that's almost like that, and there was no drunkenness about it <laughs> because at my previous school where I was teaching, I lost my school ID, and I could not, I mean, like, it was just gone. I was like, how did I lose this thing? And I, I don't remember why, but I had to use it fairly often. Like, it was something I carried with me and used pretty often. And I just, you know, I could not find it. And I just had to get a new one made, and I had to pay to get a new one made. And then a few weeks later, the dryer in my house started making this god-awful oh, noise. No. And I took the front off the dryer and the fan that spins around in the dryer, the noise was my ID, which was like all bent and like wedged in there. Wow. And you know how you put a playing card on your bicycle spokes? Yep. <laughs> so it was doing that on the fan for the dryer. And it, I, I had apparently like left it in my pocket and had gotten through the lint, you know, past the lint trap thing and down into the gut of the dryer. That's amazing. And of course it was, you know, destroyed. Like the the magnetic strip on it was all yeah. chewed up and everything. But it was like that was how I lost it. So, you know, you just if something goes into a hole like that, you're not going to find it. Well, I would it I, it was a spot where why would I have looked there? I looked everywhere else. I looked under the bed. I remember you moving the you bed. You could have been stone cold sober and right. it still wouldn't have Yeah. Well, I moved the bed away from the wall to look and see if it had been wedged, but the sheets and the blankets and the comforter on the bed hit it. I don't know how it got in there. I actually do, but it's not fit for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> after, after dark hours. episode. It so be a very um, after I feel like dark we've episode. run really long here, but I appreciate your uh, your ideas and your experiences a lot on this. 
I feel like you guys have given me a little bit of wallet wallet therapy session here <laughs> for free. This is really kind of you. Happy to help. Why do you feel like you need to carry all of this stuff, Lenore? <laughs> Why what are does you so stuff attached? To you? <laughs> <laughs> what is it in your past that's leading you to have to hold on to all of this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> what does this um, attachment tell you about your life? <laughs> Look a little deeper, Lenore. I don't want to. I don't actually say I just any want to carry my crap therapy. around. That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. Um, does either of you have anything you want to add? No, no. I'm good. Um, I do want to take a moment before we wrap up to thank everyone for their supportive words on the website and in the Facebook group. We really appreciate your support and having this community of friends out there. I want to give a quick thanks to everyone who continues to support us and everyone who's joined the Facebook group. And if you do have time, please give us a review on iTunes or any other podcasting service that will allow you to do reviews because that'll help other people find us and become part of our community as well. You can always find the podcast at rsvpstationarypodcast.com. Les, will you tell us where we can find you? You can find me at comfortableshoesstudio.com. Facebook at Comfortable Shoes Studio, Instagram, and Twitter at Original L.C. Harper. What about you, Dade? You can find me at WeeklyPencil.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Weekly Pencil. And you can find me on Instagram at Lenore underscore Hoyt and through Facebook, through the RSVP Stationery Podcast Group or the Erasable Podcast Group or the new, remember it now, the new Field Notes group, as if anyone wants to go check that out, there's a new Field Notes group on Facebook. You'll recognize some people there if you do join up. Thank you both so much for your time. This has been really fun and really helpful, and I'm so happy that we were all able to get together again. Bye. Bye.